What's good, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to prove to you that morality is objective. And yeah, let's get right into it. So the first thing we need to do is define morality, define moral philosophy. And as a very simple definition that we can work with for this podcast, I define it as a system of ideas determining what is good and evil. And since I'm trying to prove that this is objective stuff, I will get to why good is objective and evil is objective. But that's further down the line. But for now, I want to talk about the difference between morality and ethics because it's something that people often get confused with each other. I used to get confused all the time, but I think I have a pretty ironed out way of looking at it. So morality is objective and ethics is based on opinion and culture. And it's not things that are egregiously right or wrong, like good or evil. It was It's just like, hey, I don't like that or I like this. For example, if I promise somebody that I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock, it would be unethical for me to show up at 9.30, right? That's not a, an egregious moral violation. Therefore, it's not evil, but it's not good. And based on my culture, maybe that would be good a good thing. It's my opinion that you shouldn't show up 30 minutes late for a meeting, but maybe in other cultures, it's good to show up for 30 minutes late for a meeting. As a prime example of ethics versus morality, um, here in America, we don't have strong multi-generational families. We we're born into a family, and then we try to get out as fast as possible. <laughs> we try to get out as fast as possible. But in other cultures, their preferred method of raising children and stuff is to have mostly generational households, which is grandma's living with the parents, the parents have their children, the grandma and the grandfather and the parents raise the children together. The children grow up and they have their own kids and they stay close together. They live in the same place and commune that way. Now, in my opinion, that's un, it's not optimal, but for them, it works. It's an ethical opinion based on their culture. Here in America, if you were to live with your parents at 25 years old, you would be called a bum. You would be called a loser. You would be People will say a whole bunch of bad stuff about you, but in other countries, that is completely fine. All right, so now I want to give you my case for why morality is objective. And the first thing that we need to talk about is values. Now, values are the things that we act again or keep. For example... I like, I value health, therefore I act to gain and keep my health. To gain my health, I need to go to the gym, eat right, and all that stuff, and go to the gym. To keep my health, I have to do the same things. Um, Let's say I value uh, money. I value freedom, time, freedom, money, freedom. I have to do the things to get it, and then I have to do the things to keep it, and therefore you know I value it. And that also means that everything that you are doing, you act to gain or keep. We don't do things in contradiction to our values. Even the things that are seemingly bad for us or are actually bad for us are in line with our values in some way, shape, or fashion. So if you're doing something that is dysfunctional or bad for your future that you know is bad for you and you're still doing it anyway, it's likely that you have a values issue. Or maybe you're addicted to something, which in that case, go see a, go see a specialist. But you're most likely not. But we all have our vices, things that we value, that we pursue and act to keep, but we know that it isn't good for us. Now, to continue our conversation on values, I want to talk about the ultimate value. The ultimate value being our life. Life itself. Without life, no other values are possible. Of course, the dead man has no values. He's dead. Without life, no other values are possible. So we must act again and keep our life, which is to say we need to get shelter. Well, in the modern world, we need to get shelter. We need to make some money. We need to have a car. and All these things to function. Now, for most of human history, that meant learning how to farm, learning how to 
hunt and all this stuff. It's the same stuff. It's just, you know, different means of getting there. And that brings us to the next subject that we need to talk about before we get into why morality is objective, which is our means of survival. Now, by means of survival, I mean the methodology by which we get the things that perpetuate our greatest value, which is our life. Those things are our means of survival. And I want to take this time to compare humans and animals. And let's talk about animals first because it's easy, and I'm sure it's easy to understand and explain. So we'll start with that. So animals means the survival is to take percepts from the environment, which is to say they have their sight, their hearing, their touch, smell, all the same senses that we have, right? They take those senses and they react to it in a way that perpetuates their value, the ultimate value, which is life. And then the next values, which is uh, food, shelter, getting offspring and all that stuff. Now, animals are very limited in their information and they have, they don't have the ability to gain new information. They have the ability to evolve, which is not a voluntary experience. They can't read a book and learn how to better survive in their environment. They can't watch a TV show. They can't watch what the other deers are doing and learn anything from it. They just do what they're programmed to do, taking the senses from their environment, using it to make decisions, react. They don't make decisions, they just react to stuff. And they survive that way. And you may be wondering, like, why am I talking about animals? Why not just focus on humans? It's because we are animals ourselves, but we're just, we have one very big difference between us. Well, a couple of very big differences between us and the rest of the animals. And I want to get to that now. So as humans, we have the same percepts, the perceptive ability of animals, all the senses. And we use these senses to, instead of react to the environment, we act on the environment using our minds. We take what we learn from the environment through our senses we create these things called concepts. Concepts are then used on top of other concepts, which are used to create tools, which turn into our means of survival. For example, let's say we're in the caves. We're in the caves. We're cavemen and women now. And some guy figure out, figures out how to make fire. Now, that's not something that is instinctual. It's not something that is automatic knowledge. He had to recognize that, hey, we're cold. And then, hey, I noticed that sometimes when these sticks rub against each other, it produces this smoke, and that smoke is kind of hot, or whatever the method of methodology was of creating the first fire. And he took those concepts called, hey, if I rub these things together, this, it kind of gets hot. And then doing that more and more until this orange stuff <laughs> appeared that creates warmth. And then we had a concept called fire. That fire became a means of our survival. It kept predators away. It kept us warm at night, and it kept us alive a lot longer. I mean, now I want to jump to the modern world where we're pretty much doing the same thing. I've learned a whole bunch of concepts called computer programming, uh, speaking English as a baby, learning how to walk. Well, learning how to walk is pretty much automatic. You know, the things that I've learned voluntarily on my own concepts, I go out and create tools that uh, satisfy the means of my survival, being I have a car, I have an apartment, I have food on the table, I have my health, and all that good stuff. So it's the same. We're in the same position as a caveman. We're just a lot more comfortable. <laughs> and that means our mind is our means of survival instead of our reactions like the animals. And even the people who don't produce anything, who don't work, who don't contribute anything to society, they're using their minds also. But they're using their minds to take, to violate the rights of other people in order to get their, their means of survival. So let's say I'm a lazy bum. I don't do anything, but I get... $3,000 in government funding to live however I want to live, whatever that is, right? 
I'm still using my mind to accomplish the means of my survival. And I do that by voting for people who are pointing guns at people and take their money through taxes and, and debt and all that stuff and give it to me. Or I'll just become a robber and I'll use my mind to plot schemes to go rob a bank or rob somebody or take their car or something like that. Or let's say I'm not even a bum. I'm not a robber. I'm a, a quote, functional human being. I'm in the corporate workplace and I want to rise up to the next level. And I'm not really doing anything in my job. I'm just like using ChatGPT for everything. I'm still using my mind to use ChatGPT. And whenever I, want to, whenever I want to move up, when I get into these group meetings, I'll just be like, hey, that idea that he was talking about, yeah, that was my idea. I'm the idea guy here. Uh, he'll just violate the rights of others by taking their ideas and claiming them as his own. And he'll use those to increase his means of survival, which is to move out to the next rung on the corporate ladder. So manipulation and force is the only thing that is available to people who don't voluntarily use their minds. And they use those manipulation tactics and force to, to take the rights away from other people. And now I want to get into rights. What are the rights? What is the real definition of rights? Because what we are often told are rights are not actually rights. So the real definition of rights is something that you can have in contradiction without contradiction to other rights and other people's rights. For example, here in America, we have, quote, free speech. I understand that it's, it's pretty much under attack from all angles. But and on paper, we have a right called free speech. And free speech is a right because... I can have free speech, and you can have free speech at the same time without contradiction to each other. Me having the right to free speech doesn't limit your rights in any way. You having the right to free speech doesn't right limit my rights in any, any way. It's not contradictory. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not contradictory at all, and therefore is it a right. And the next right that we have on paper here in America is the right to, right to defend ourselves. If you attack me, I have the right to defend myself, and I can have that right without without having to violate your rights. If you attack me, I'm not violating your rights by defending myself. If you, if I attack you, you're not violating my rights by defending yourself. Therefore, it's a right to defend yourself. But obviously, we live in the modern world, and people are coming after your rights from a whole bunch of angles. But I want to talk about before how they're coming after your rights. The rights that you think you have that you aren't, that aren't actually rights. They're actually uses of force and manipulation to take rights of other people. And as a prime example, a prime controversial example that people will probably hate me for in the future for this is education. Now, here's the real definition of education. Education is where you seek out knowledge that you can go use to create concepts that result in, the, in creating the means of your survival, a.k.a. putting food on the table, a car in a garage, and all that stuff. Now, that definition by itself could be a right. It is not contradictory to any other rights, and I can have education, and you can have education at the same time without contradiction, in the free market. What we have here in America, at least, and the majority of the world is coerced educational institutions, K-12, through college and universities. Now, before I get into this, I want to say, as a caveat, there are no such thing as private universities and colleges. If you take government money, you are no longer a private organization. It is a fact. Once you take that government money, you have to do what the government says, and therefore you're not free. Same thing with private schools, K-12 through private schools. There are no such things. If you have a private school, you have to do the government curriculum, which is to say that you're getting the same, quote, education as those in the public school. It's just that you have less uh, insane kids there, less abusive kids there, and better teachers. But that definition of education, which is K-12, through college education, what people traditionally think is education, is actually not right. 
it's not right because I cannot have education at the same time as you are having education because in order for somebody else to have education, they have to take the products of my labor away from me. They have to take the products of my labor away from me and they give it to somebody else. Now, I want to jump back for a second. I already explained that the right to defend yourself is a right, and I proved that case. But your labor is also your right, and the effects of your labor is also a right. You have concepts. You create the means of your survival, and the product of that labor is yours. It is your right to keep, and whenever people come and take it from you through whatever means, it is a violation of your rights unless you voluntarily give it to them. Modern education is the violation of millions and millions of people's rights in order to help people who aren't that bright, well, at least in the university setting, people who aren't that bright, to get some type of, quote, education. Now, I understand that K-12 is forced, and it's the same thing, essentially. They're taking the rights away from me and millions of other people who aren't even in school, who will never go back to school. Maybe they're a grown-ass man or a woman. Maybe they don't want to be there. But they take your money anyway, and they dump it into this education system, quote, education system. And since they've taken products of your labor, you are now less free to go out and get real education for yourself. And that is the reason why modern education is not a right. Now, another thing that people want to be a right, but is not a right, is housing. Housing is not a right. If housing becomes a right, that means you have to take the property of other people to give property to other people. In a free market scenario, I take the product of my labor and I go purchase a house. And that does not prevent somebody else from purchasing a house. It may prevent somebody from purchasing that specific house, but does that prevent them from purchasing house a house somewhere else? But if housing becomes a right, you have to take other people's ability to purchase a house away from them in order to give it to other people. Let's say I have, let's do simple numbers. I have $5 to go get a house. Let's pretend like inflation never happened and we're in 19, 1901 <laughs> when the money was actually worth something. You can get a lot of stuff for a penny. We're in 1901. I got $5 to get a house. And you have $5 to get a house. If uh, if property becomes a right or housing becomes a right, what the, what the government would do, they'll say, hey, Tyree, give me two and a half of your dollars. And they'll say, hey, talking to you, give me two and a half of your dollars, and I'm going to give it to this guy so he can go get a house. Now, he gets the house, and now me and you, we are less able to go get a house. We are prevented by the taking away of the products of our labor to go get a house. Now we only have two and a half dollars to get a house, and now maybe we can't afford the house anymore. And we see this playing out in the modern world, although the vast majority of people are pretty much uh, sleepwalking and they have no idea what's going on, that their purchasing power is being taken away from them through inflation and taxation. And lots of young people here in America and in the West in general cannot afford to move out of the house. Rents are too high. I live in a very... uh, average place and it is not cheap <laughs> not cheap to live in just an average place it's not cheap at all and i can see why many many recent college graduates have no chance of going out on their own in the near future they can thank inflation for that they can thank the violation of their rights for that or pretending that they have a right to education they have a right to education they take the means of other people's labor and giving it to themselves and now they go out into the real world and they realize that, hey, the stuff that is supposed to be there, it's not there for me. Like, what happened? Not realizing that they were part of the machine that took the rights away from other people in order to have it for themselves to get this cheap education, quote, education. And now they don't have the means, the real means, education, which is supposed to be 
to have knowledge to go out and produce something in the real world. They don't have that and they can't produce enough to get a house or apartment, which is a lot more expensive now, now that the government has been printing money to pay for people's education and a whole bunch of other stuff. And maybe you're not a recent college graduate, maybe you're a grown man, grown woman, and you can't buy a house now. You can't buy a house. And the reason for that is, well, a lot of reasons, depending on your country, it could be immigration, it could be inf- inf- um, inflation is definitely one of the reasons worldwide, all the governments are printing their money, running their currency into the dirt. But maybe that's a time, another podcast for that. Ah, but I'm going to stop right here. People are struggling out there. They don't realize that the machine that they voted for to take the labor away from other people to get what they want temporarily has cost them things that they want in the future. And they don't realize that they're violating other people's rights. They don't realize <laughs> that they don't see the connection. They don't see the connection is what I'm trying to say. So let me give a quick recap because this is a very long podcast. Very long podcast and maybe I lost you. So morality's objective. Uh, moral philosophy is a system of ideas determining good and evil. The difference between morality and ethics is that ethics deals with what, what is right and wrong, but not with egregious cases and is usually based on opinion and culture. Like how here in America, you would be looked at as a loser if you were living at home at 25, but in China or wherever else around the world, it would be completely normal to live with your parents and your grandparents. Okay, so morality is objective because we have the ultimate value, which is our life. No other values are possible without having our life. A value is that which we act again or keep. And to keep our life, we have to get our means of survival. For humans, the means of survival are of our minds. We use our minds to create concepts, create concepts to create tools, tools to create the means of our survival, which is food, shelter, all the cool stuff that we have nowadays. And the people who reject their minds, who reject thinking, they still think, but they only think to violate the rights of others through manipulation and voting and brute force. Now, rights are things that we have that we can have without contradiction to other rights and without contradiction to other people's rights, like free speech. I have free speech. You can have free speech. I'm not violating your rights by having free speech. You're not violating my rights by having free speech. Therefore, free speech is a right. Property rights, you have a right to your body. I have a right to my body. As long as, not, as I'm not using my body to, ri- to violate your rights, which is your body and the products of your labor, then I'm not. We can have uh, property rights without contradiction. And the reason a lot of people are struggling nowadays is because they don't realize that they've been taking the rights of others through their uh, taxation and inflation to get stuff that they want here and now, not realizing that it costs them something in the real world later on, which is why people will vote for free college and they'll get the free college, but then they'll get into the real world and can't afford a house, can't afford an apartment, can't afford to start a family, can't even afford a new car. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I got to say. I hope I did this justice. I'll definitely have to do this again as I have more information, more articulation abilities, but that's all I got for you for now. And I'll see you in the next one and peace out.